Hey mamas, this is Playfully Faithful Parenting, and I'm your host, Joy Wenling. I'm a seminary grad and children's and family minister turned stay-at-home mom to my five girls. Spiritual parenting is my calling, and it's my passion to help other mamas disciple their kids using the power of play and their own authentic daily walk with Christ. If you're a mama who wants to introduce your kids to Jesus and watch as the Holy Spirit transforms their lives, this is the place for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive in and see how we can partner with God today. We are a product of the choices we make, not the circumstances we face. This is a quote from Roger Crawford that I think is so important for us as Christian moms to remember. Hi, I'm Joy and welcome to Playfully Faithful Parenting, the podcast for Christian moms who want to use play to disciple and discipline their kids. Today, we are talking all about the power of choice and how we can use it to nurture our children's faith so they take ownership of their own faith. Statistics are bleak when it comes to kids remaining faithful to Jesus, to his church, after they leave home. It's like somewhere between 50 and 80%. I've seen statistics kind of all over in that range. But 50 to 80% of kids who grew up in Christian homes are leaving the church, not staying committed to Christ after they leave home. And I think a large part of it is because we are not setting our kids up early to practice making choices for their own faith. I have talked before and I will continue to talk about the power of play for kids. God designed kids to learn through play. And that includes learn things about God and the Bible. And play is one of the best ways to grow in a relationship. And so using play to help your kids grow closer to Christ and grow in relationship with him is vital for their faith to be developmentally appropriate and to be something they are excited to learn about and to grow in. And so play is something we really need to be using as a discipleship tool. Dr. Karen Purvis says that scientists have recently determined that it takes approximately four hundred repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. This is how we learn is these connections, right? So unless it is done with play, and in which case it only takes between 10 to 20 repetitions. I know for a fact that play helps kids learn. God designed them that way. And one of the things that makes play play is that it is self-chosen. So I love Dr. Stuart Brown when it comes to play. And one of his characteristics of play is that it is self-chosen. And 
by allowing kids to choose play, to choose how they play, where they play, and what is play, there is a huge difference in especially early education classrooms where most of these studies about children, early childhood learning takes place, right? There are huge benefits for those kids who are choosing their own play that is true playfulness and teacher guided um, or adult guided play, which isn't really play, true play, it is playful activities. So often preschools or um, Sunday schools, even at home, we will say that we um, are playing to learn when really it is a playful activity because we, the parent or the Sunday school teacher, are it, we're guiding that play. We're telling them how to play it. And there's only one way to use whatever um, tools we put out. And so that is not real play. That is not um, something that kids even have a choice. They're not um, choosing to play. They're not choosing how to play. It is a playful, it may be fun, but it is a playful activity, which does slightly diminish some of the learning um, benefits. So I am in a child-led practitioner certification right now. And when it comes to play, uh, Sally Hoy, who is the creator of the certification and of wonderled.com, she gives um, kids these five rights when it comes to play and choice. And I think if we were to consider what this could look like for our children's faith and how they respond in discipleship that we would be setting our kids up really well to take ownership and to practice making choices in the safety of our homes and also practice making poor choices and failing or making mistakes because of their choices in the safety of our home. Choice involves risk. Risk takes confidence, even um, risks we take for God. And I know that I personally have had to grow in my relationship with Jesus to take bigger risks for him. And so if we can set our kids up in the safety of our home, to take some risks, to take some choices, to make some mistakes around choices, then we are helping them to grow in their confidence in their self, in their decision-making, but most importantly, their confidence in God's faithfulness. So according to Sally Hoy, here are the five, five rights of choice with play in her child-led play-based classrooms. Kids have a right to choose where to play. That means with centers, we're not assigning kids centers. Now this may not, um, you may not have kids, have centers in your house, right? In your playroom, um, if you have one or in their bedroom, but it is still saying that um, kids get to choose 
Uh, do they want to play in the kitchen, in the family room, in the playroom, in their bedroom? Giving them some ability to choose where to play and play as a discipleship tool too, okay? Um, they have a right to choose who they play with. So at school, that might be which friends, but at home that could be, do they get to choose if they want to play with their sibling or not? Are are we as parents forcing them to play with their siblings or are we allowing them to choose not to play with them? Um, they have a right to choose what to play with. Are we saying, okay, we've read this Bible story and it was um, about... XYZ, it was about uh, Jonah. So you have to play with the water sensory bucket now because Jonah had water in it. And so you have to play with the water. Are we telling kids that or are we giving them the freedom to choose what to play with and a right to choose how to play? So maybe they do want to play with the water and, um, and so they've got a boat and they've got a little character and maybe there's a big fish. Are we telling them how they have to play with it? Now you need to act out the story of Jonah because that's not play because that's us telling them how to play. Um, and then finally, and I love this one, children have a right to decline participation. Now, this one, I think I might be pushing some buttons when it comes to family discipleship because we want our kids to participate. But I think what's most important and what God demonstrates, especially um, especially in the Old Testament and um, well, I mean, all throughout scripture, God talks about his desire is for our hearts not necessarily behavior. Behavior follows hearts. If we are forcing our kids to participate in family discipleship, it, it could be taking the joy away from them and from their desire to learn. There are lots of ways to engage your children in discipleship without a forced family discipleship time, without forced um, forced uh, Bible study time or family devotions. So children should have a right to, to decline participation. Uh, now, if you're all leaving the house to go to church, Absolutely. That's not safe to leave them at home. That's silly. But if they're, um, if it is something at home and, um, and they don't want to participate, then maybe having them sit by, but they don't have to actually participate in, but they can be with you. Um, so finding ways to, um, honor their choice there. So what does this, what does this have to do with discipleship? I did give some discipleship ideas there, but I want to share with you some actual other choices that we can allow our kids to have in, in discipleship in our homes. What, what those choices might be in our homes that will help our children take ownership of their faith. So the first choice is, do they want to pray? or not, especially out loud. We can teach 
and expect respect from our kids. So that means at meals, they we can expect them to sit quietly while the rest of the family prays. They have they can have to wait to eat until the rest of the family has prayed. Um, and or at bedtime prayers, they don't have to participate, but they do have to be quiet and not disrupt those who do. But prayer is a heart choice. And we should pray more fervently that our children want to talk to God instead of forcing them to pray and talk to God. Um, If they don't want to pray, you can ask if you can pray for them. If they don't want that, you can pray for them silently. But by forcing prayer onto our kids, we are taking the joy and the privilege of speaking to our Father God away from them. And joy is an outcome of being in the presence of God. So we don't want to steal, kill, and destroy that joy. All right. So keep the joy of prayer by allowing children to choose to pray or not. Then respond. How are kids, especially this one, especially with art. So in Chicago, um, in May, there is going to be a Children's Spirituality Summit, and I am speaking, I'm doing a workshop all about no more crafts, letting the Holy Spirit speak through process art. And so often we um, give kids crafts that have a, a specific outcome of what they what we want it to look like and that is supposed to teach them the point of the bible story what this does is this says child you are not capable of listening to the holy spirit and responding through art without me telling you what you have to do and it takes away a kid's um ability to practice listening to the Holy Spirit. It also takes away their creativity and it takes away their choice, their agency. So allowing kids freedom in how they want to respond to Bible stories through art and play is really important. Um, and finally, how children want to reflect. So this would be more verbal. Um, when we force kids to answer questions or when we force them to talk about their faith um, when they don't want to, again, we're taking the joy out of it and we are stepping in acting as high priest. Jesus is their high priest if they are followers of him. And we don't need to step in, in there. Okay, we can say, all right, you are capable of listening to the Holy Spirit. You are capable of reflecting with Jesus. I am here and I am eager to hear what you think, what you have to say. I want to hear your questions when you're ready to share them with me. But when there is a forced nature, again, it um, creates walls and our kids don't want to participate when they don't feel they have a choice. So those are the three big choices that when we are discipling our kids at home, or even if you are teaching Sunday school, that um, I think are really important 
that we allow our kids to make these choices for them to take ownership of their faith. Here are some other possible choices, smaller choices that we can allow kids to make sometimes. And I will say not all of them, you don't, uh, sometimes you're not going to, um, sometimes, you know, maybe you're reading through a certain, uh, series of stories. And so you're not going to want to let your child choose. But sometimes allowing your kid to choose what Bible story to read will help them to be more excited and more engaged because it was their choice to pick that story. The same with if you use multiple children's Bibles, allowing them some freedom to choose which one or what songs to sing. Um, at In our family at dinner, we use um, the free printable of the blessings that um, I have. It's available for free. The link is in the show notes in the description below. Um, and so we have different prayers and each night a different kid gets to pick which prayer we're going to say at the meal. Um, maybe you're going to make some cookies for someone um, or you're bringing a meal to a mom who just had a baby and giving your kids some choices, some agency to make choices with those kinds of things. Um, if your kid is having a hard Sunday morning, maybe they get to choose to sit quietly with you in worship or to go to their Sunday school class. Um, but again, that force takes the joy. And Jesus said he came so that we might have abundant life where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We don't want to steal, kill, and destroy the joy out of a relationship with Jesus. Um, so, and, and there are some some other choices, whether they attend Awana or not, um, plan let them sometimes maybe plan your family devotion or choose which devotional you read. If you're at a bookstore picking out new devotions, let them um, have some choices. And you can narrow it down and not just say any book in the whole uh, bookstore is up for grabs. But maybe you pick three that are within your budget or that are within your theology, and then you let them choose from that. But when kids take I have the opportunity to make choices. It helps them to be more committed and more confident in their ability to make choices, in their ability to have a personal relationship, and in God. Their confidence grows because it becomes relevant and it becomes joyful and they become excited and then they want to own it. So we're going to come back next week and talk more about um, different ways that we can help encourage our kids to own their faith. And next week, specifically, we are going to talk more about play and what do kids want to play, the things kids want to play to help them grow in their faith and to take ownership of their faith. So lots more about play coming up next week. So on behalf of God, Mama, thank you for loving and playing with his kids. Have a great week. Well, Mamas, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on Playfully Faithful Parenting. 
I'd love to keep the conversation going over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you felt encouraged or equipped by today's show, do me a favor and leave a review. I can't wait to hear your story. Till next week, keep playing and pointing those littles to Christ.